Welcome to Unconditional Love, a podcast where we explore coming out narratives of queer youth. I'm Anthony Russell Jerry. And I'm Frankie Younger. The Unconditional Love podcast is a part of the Youth Citizenship Narrative Project, a project focused on youth experiences with citizenship through various perspectives. These episodes explore the many sites and spaces that provide respite along the journey towards unconditional love. Specifically, our show asks us to think about coming out to oneself, friends and family, and the numerous institutions that frame our lives, as well as the conflict between the fluidity of one's personal sense of becoming and the permanence of one's being to others. Unconditional love contains subject material that some may find upsetting. However, we have tried to present these narratives in an uncensored form as to remain true to the experiences and points of view of our collaborators. Welcome back uh, to another segment of Unconditional Love. love right? <laughs> I'm Anthony Jerry. I'm Alejandro Echeverria. Um, today we are talking with Rolando. That's right, Rolando. What do you What do you think? Uh, what are What are some of the interesting things that, that that you picked up on from from his narrative? Well, going through all this interview with Rolando, I felt like he stood out among the other interviewees that we had here at the podcast. He really felt not really connected to the queer identity. Yeah. But he expressed himself in other ways that seemed that bring a really a diverse representation to what is queerness. Yeah, I th- I thought it was interesting that that this this idea of a um, of a sort of pre existing identity didn't seem to be an important part of his sort of coming out story, and and not only his coming out story, it seemed to be less important to sort of his sense of being or his sense of just who he was you know yeah he really he has a different set of relationships that we do not see like we see in other um queer folks interviews like fictive kin right so we saw other ways of him managing his relations that that touch on queerness but are not necessarily entirely based on queerness yeah and, and i don't think we've we've sort of been able to explore um sort of that perspective so much um in some of the other interviews you know mm-hmm. it, it it seems that that he's not sort of actively seeking um you know that space to to engage with with that you know what seems to be a, a pre-existing or 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 you know a, a legitimate public persona i guess right right yeah it seems like he recognize or he recognizes all these things happening around him, right, related to queerness, but he does not actively engage with them. Right. Say. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's uh let's take a listen. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on another episode of Unconditional Love. I'm Alejandro, and today we have Rolando as a special guest today. 
So thank you, Forlando, for coming in and doing this podcast with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me today. All right. And so can you tell us a little bit about your um, your coming out story or your your process? How did that? When's the first time that you remember? The first time I remember that I came out to myself would be seventh grade of middle school. And I remember that that was my first time doing PE. And I remember I was in the guy's locker room. And I know we had to change every day for PE. And I would catch myself staring at the other guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wouldn't, I was confused. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't understand. And then slowly, like, I had a friend. His name was Byron. And um, I developed a crush on him. And it wasn't like, oh, my friend, no, like, like, like a romantic crush. And I was like, wow, like, I think I'm gay. And nothing like he's my very good friend ever actually told him that I crush on him but that's when I realized that I was gay because of the many signs that I was facing yeah like what type of signs nothing like me staring at the guys uh-huh. me finding other guys attractive uh obviously I didn't find any girls attractive okay. I would understand why I didn't have a girlfriend and then everything slowly started making sense to me so, so would you say then that, that, that at that time that you sort of came out to yourself, you, you, you already had some questions though, right? Uh, yeah, I had some questions, okay. but I didn't physically like say them to anyone. I kind of kept them to myself. Like right. I had my, I had to figure it out on my own. I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with saying it to anyone else but me. Right. Well, okay. So like, did you ever like take action on your feelings? No. Never. No. So this was, say, you were about seventh grade. Seventh grade middle school. Okay. And so then you developed this, this crush on, on a friend. Um, did did any time after, are you, are you still friends with that, that person? No, he was my good friend for seventh, eighth grade. Okay. So I still saw him in eighth grade. And then that middle school I went to was only seventh, eighth grade. So after eighth grade, I never saw him again. Okay. Never heard from him again, like. I thought he was going to the same high school as me, but he never went to the same high school as me. Okay. So I should leave, I was just I was just with him for two years. Oh. Okay. Yeah. What part of the country are you from? Can you tell us a little bit about that? About your background? Your family? Uh, from Sonora, Mexico. Um, so you you went to middle school in, in Mexico or no, in the here. US? Oh. Over here. You don't have to get too specific if it is. Okay. It was not. It was not comfortable. You don't have to tell us what middle so, school. So yeah, I was like drilling like him. <laughs> I was like, do you want to know exactly what middle school? <laughs> well, what we're really, what we're really interested in is sort of in in that that sort of the sort of feeling and process mm-hmm. right around that experience. So the folks we've been talking to, you know, start off and 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 I think similarly to you, there was this moment where things didn't make sense and then started to make sense but Mm -hmm. but we've been finding out from a lot of people that that part that 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 time that it takes to make sense it does take a long time because i didn't honestly i didn't take action until i was like in 12th grade about to end high school okay that's when i finally took action on my feelings but it was a long process okay it was years before i even thought about taking action on anything Okay, so then this moment in seventh grade was just sort of your your like, realization. Yeah, like wow, like this is me. So mm. that was this the, who I am. Okay, so yeah. that's when you sort of took an active 
part of the process. Even yeah. if you didn't you didn't act or anything like Mm-mm. that. That's when that's when you started to actively sort of realized yeah. me developing some sort of feelings towards someone. Hmm. But yeah, the process took a very long time. Right. They didn't speak of it for all these years. How did you feel like after you took action? How did how did that feel? I felt better. Okay. And I could have wished I would have done it sooner. But I honestly wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't ready to take action on it because I didn't feel comfortable taking action on it until later can, on. Can you can you tell us kind of the 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 was there any build up to that? Because I, I guess the thing is, for well, first of all, I guess what what would you mean by how how do you define taking action? Like, what does that mean? Taking action. Mm-hmm. Actually, confessing my feelings for someone or okay. telling someone why well, I'm attracted to this person. Yeah. I'm going to act on it. Okay. So, so would you say that the, between seventh grade coming out to yourself, it took you say five years or so to then come out to someone else? Is that what mm-hmm. you mean? Taking action? Yeah. Taking action. Okay. I really kept it to myself. Okay. I mean, people would ask me like, Oh, why don't you have a girlfriend? Right. Mm-hmm. Or do you have a boyfriend? I'm like, just deny like, Oh no, no. It's just, you know, I would never come out and say, oh, well, I'm gay. No, right. Like, mm. just kept it to myself. Like I said, I wasn't ready. I really wasn't. Right. And I didn't know how to. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, a, I mean, I would observe and kind of catch on and. But how, how did, so, so some people would ask you if you had a boyfriend? Yeah, they would ask me like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? I would say no. Uh-huh. Well, are you gay? No. Like. Oh, no, so the, first they would ask if you had a boyfriend and then are you gay? Yeah. Like, right? It's like, now nah, you gay boyfriend. Like, You're trying to go around. Boyfriend, trying to go around, beat around the bush. Like, just ask me, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And these were close friends, people that you, you knew? I mean, or? they were like, what well, you can say acquaintances, friends, okay. even family. When family would ask me, I would just be like, oh, yeah. oh, like, you know, avoid the question. Yeah. Would answer it? Right. Did you have any, any close friends, would you say, between, uh, that that time between seventh and twelfth grade, or yes, I did, I did, okay. um, but I wouldn't. Like I said, even though if I felt like they were my good friends, mm-hmm. I still felt comfortable with telling them. I see. This is me. No. So, so what kind of stuff then? Like, I, I guess, you know, we've been talking to a bunch of different folks, and and the idea of like, you know, sex education, and the idea of like who you're supposed to be, and the pressures from other people of of, you know, just just actively engaging with folks at that age. It seems that, that sex and sexuality are, are a big part of, of some of those conversations. So I, I wonder then, like, what were the, the relationships with your good friends based on? Like, you know, like, what, what, would, what would some of the interactions, like, be, you know? I mean, I kept it strictly friendship. Oh. I mean, if, let's say I had a gay friend, I oh. wouldn't kind of feel like I had the need to act on it or ask him certain questions mm-hmm. just kept it to myself strictly oh. friendships would would those friends talk to you about their their own sexuality they or? would oh, i okay. mean they would talk to me about it their experiences or what they did people they liked and stuff people like they that. like mm-hmm. oh they have a crush on this person that oh, person okay. Okay. but i like i said always kept a friendship right always bit around the bush like i never like oh well can you tell me how that feels or what did you do like no Mm. Uh, okay. Never. I always avoided all that. Like so, I said, okay. it was a really long process. So how did it feel when they were talking about their own sexuality? How did that make you feel? What did you think during these conversations? I mean, I 
kind of like supported them mm-hmm. and i would just be like well i wouldn't know like i don't know what to tell you you know yeah brings me back to me beating around the bush like i would just be like avoid the question or be like oh well that's cool like you know right. like be super short about it yeah hmm so you guys would talk like so instead of talking about sexuality you would talk about other topics like yeah i mean it wasn't always about sexual things right and yeah. if it was like i would just be vague about it like, okay oh well yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so you said that you didn't take action until you were in 12th grade so ending high school ending high school right could you like elaborate more what does what what did you do to take action like could you define it or like give us a little description like what happened uh because it seems really interesting how you did like you took the first step like, well, I mean, now that I took the first step myself, mm-hmm. but when I turned 18, I went to my first gay club. Okay. Oh. And that's where I can say I had my first experience. Okay. So was that sort of... What made you go to the, the, the your first gay club? Because by that, by that time, I had already... I had two close friends mm-hmm. that were twins. And they were fraternal. One okay. guy, one girl. And the guy was gay. He was becoming my really good friend. And then the girl was straight. And nothing. Like, one day, like, I just turned 18. They turned 18. And then we went because of him. And that same night, I kind of, like, let everything out at once. To Mm -hmm. them? Yeah. Let them know about my sexuality. Mm -hmm. And then it's just. What did they say? They're like, oh, well, we kind of knew. We had a feeling. <laughs> like, it, they're like, it took you a while. We were I was like, I know. <laughs> and it's like, I confess. I was like, I know, but I wasn't comfortable telling you guys. Right. Yeah, and then that kind of like, just after that, it just opened up everything. Like, So how did your friendships change with, um, uh, with your it, We grew closer because uh-huh. we kind of shared the same thing. So we like bonded more over the same things. Uh so you have more stuff to talk about, more places to go, mm. more things to do. Right. So so it turns out then that, that you were already out to your friends. They just didn't, you just didn't know it. Or yeah, they, like had, they, they had a feeling, but I don't, didn't officially right, come right. out. Mm. Yeah. Right. What, what and I, they respected my decision. They respected my my privacy. Like, they were like, right. okay, well, he doesn't want to talk about it yet. We'll leave him alone. Right, right. But once I came out, they're like, oh, well, it took you a while. Like, right. they already knew, like, you know. It was no secret, but they waited. They were waiting for me to own up to it and be like, "This is me. This is who I really am." Right. Okay. Hmm. How, how, why? Why do you think? Do you, were Were there some? Were there some sort of reasons you might be able to sort of point to that stopped you from from coming out to folks before that moment? I mean, you said you weren't ready. Were there? Were there things that could have made you ready or reasons that you weren't ready or? No, it's just, just my own time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to process it. I didn't want to do or say one thing and then change my mind on something else. Mm. I wanted to be sure about it before I took action or said anything at all. So, so how, okay, so that's what I'm asking. So about like being sure about it, right? What, I, just, what, I just wanted to be sure. Like, does 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 you wanting to be sure mean that at that moment there could have been the possibility that you thought like maybe things would change or your feelings would change or no no Mm-mm. okay no i mean i know what you mean by that question but no i just like i said i was just wanted to be on my own terms my yeah. own time right okay okay so you so 
you said that you were sure that you weren't ready, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean like I had that you tried? You had thoughts, right? I had doubts, doubts. and thoughts. Oh, doubts. What, what kind of doubts? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's no. Yeah. no, I just had doubts. Like I, I, like sometimes I would be like, "Well, am I really? No, no, I can't." Be. You know, I just doubted myself. Right. Okay. I'm very, I'm a, a very indecisive person, mm-hmm. so that's a big part of it too. Okay, but there was some moment you said, "Hey, this is this is who I am." Yeah, this is who I am. Or you know what? That's what it is. Like right. can't keep hiding it. Okay. Mm. Did you did you come out to to more folks after that moment? Did you did that start sort of a mm, that kind of started opening it up? Yeah, because I mean, people talk mm-hmm. and things were seen and things were done. So from there, all just... in one night. <laughs> well, no, some night, was a powerful night, yeah. one hell of a night. No, but it was a process after that one single night. Like with time, yeah. that's when like people were hearing things or seeing things. So I was like, okay, well. Now it's, you know. Would they come up to you or they would just text? Oh, they like, would text me, come up to me, call me. Oh, well, this is true. I heard it from this. I saw it from this. Like, okay. okay. I mean, I had it all up to it. I mean, it was time. Did you ever feel, did you ever feel that that put you in kind of a defensive position? Like people now were, were asking you to be something to them that you hadn't decided how you were going to be that yet or? No. No? You were ready. I was ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. the like what do you mean you were ready like i was ready to come out before oh, i was because okay. for so long i was in denial 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 but i was doing it for myself yeah see that's interesting we've been hearing these so many different experiences of like the the the, the process you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting that some folks sort of did this slow transformation along the way and it seems like your strategy was kind of you made this recognition in junior high and then you sort of, you know, went into this space of your own and sort of transformed. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when you were ready, you said, okay, now the transformation is at least at a stage where I can, you yeah. know, interact with other folks. And then there you were. Right. And, and other folks seem to have had these, you know, really awkward experiences along the way that kind of guided them as part of that transformation. Some people it was more public, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I was always to myself, very conservative. And even the day they asked, it was just denial and denial. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't want to be, say or, de- or do anything. Uh-huh. So the, you, so your friends started asking you, right? What about family members after that initial step? After you, no, you no know? family members. I mean, all my family lives in Mexico. Oh. But the only family I had was my siblings. Okay. Um, my siblings never asked. Okay. No parents or anything? No. Oh, okay. I mean, parents, no. But yeah. they never went out to me and asked me directly. Okay. Oh, wow. So, And you never had anybody sort of telling you not to do that either then? No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you, maybe if, if you, if this is not a uh, uh, question you want to answer, just let me know. But are you, are you out? To the majority of folks now that you know, or, or that you yes. don't know, or are you just are you just? I'm out to my yeah. I mean to everyone. To the world. To the world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and now do you do you have you found or do you need or do you look for sort of uh, communities of people or resources? Are you that type of person that sort of, you know that that's sort of. You look for support networks or those kinds of things, or you kind no, of no. I mean, in the beginning, I did. 
mm-hmm. in the beginning. Now it's like, I mean, there's no nothing I want. I don't go out and look for it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Do you still go to some of those gay clubs that you would tell? No, it's been a while. <laughs> really? Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. I, gu- I guess what I'm getting at is you seem to be a kind of a um, sort of solitary. You know, you seem to be kind of, I don't know if you if you have a, a, a huge friend network or whatever else, but you seem to be kind of do your own thing kind of thing. I do. I do oh, my okay. own thing. Yeah. I mean, if the chance comes and they're like, okay, we're having a birthday party at this gay club or this in here okay i'll come along okay mm. but um i don't go out and be like okay it's time to go out do this and that no. right okay do you do any other things besides go to gay clubs like any big festivals you go to festivals uh like gay festivals mm-hmm. well the last one i went to was like two years ago pride la and pride in la okay so you, you go to, to those do yeah you go to other festivals uh, like I don't know. Yeah, like in, yeah, <laughs> LA County, <laughs> LA County festival. No, I mean I, I go to raves. Kind of I mean I go to okay. raves. Okay, I okay. rave a lot. Yeah. Okay. Raves are interesting, right? Because yeah. there's always there's always a spot that is like clearly, like uh, um, I, I don't know. It's like there's there's like these uh, uh, a specific queer geography at at the raves. At least when I used to go to raves back in the day, right? There were they still are. You can is, spot is them out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They have their own little groups, little cliques. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of, that could be kind of its own festival, right? Exactly, inside of, yeah. inside of a festival, yeah. It's a festival inside of a festival, yeah. Okay. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> Basically, do you, yeah. Do you participate actively in those ones, in the rave festivals? What do you mean? Like, do you actively, like, um, show off your queerness with, no. within those festivals? No. No, because I don't feel like that defines you, like, oh. oh. Oh, see that maybe that's what maybe that's the the maybe that's the thing here, right? So we're trying to figure out this experience that for a lot of people has been sort of the defining experience mm-hmm. in their in their life, right? And so that's 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 it. That's an interesting point then that that experience maybe is not the one that you see as sort of definitive of of who you are, right? Exactly. So, yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of really queers out there that they feel they need to act the worst or anything because that defines them, but no. Okay, so I see that's our fault, right? That's a mis- that's a miscommunication mm. on our fault by by thinking that 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 because that experience can be difficult and so hard for some that it becomes the defining mm-hmm. sort of characteristic of of people's lives, right? So you would say then that, or would you say that that experience then has not been the, the most traumatic or meaningful or problematic or or emotional or whatever of your of your life no that's 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 good to hear that's why i like doing the show man because you're hearing all kinds of it's it's awesome to hear all kinds of different experiences yeah you're the one of the first ones i hear that it's not defining you yeah i wonder though like is it because or i don't know if it is but do you think it has to do with um you not coming out directly to your family you're like your personal your personal family group no no just never would you say do you do you have um do you engage in any type of activism around sexuality no no (laughs) no see that's awesome man because a lot a lot of folks for example they they can't be something without sort of explicitly Right, always sort of calling attention to uh, to a, themselves, to a, or or a particular part of their identity, yeah. yeah. Which is like that weird kind of tension, right, between the us and the them kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
So, yeah. so like on campuses, you get all of these organizations that help people be themselves or whatever they feel is the, their authentic self by saying, hey, you have community here. And, and I think then that the, the weird thing is that those communities go out looking for other people to incorporate in their community to sort of give themselves life, right? Or, mm-hmm. or create legitimacy around their identities and say, hey, we exactly. got, you know, we pulled one more person into the community, which means we, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Increase our diversity. But, but we're also, <laughs> our numbers. But we're also legitimate. Yeah. Because if we keep getting members, that means we should be here because there's people that need us and, and it's mm-hmm. a cycle over and over and over again. But what about those folks that don't feel that they, you know, they don't need to, to go out looking for that all the time? Exactly. Uh, like in the beginning, I used to be asked like, oh, you're gay? Or oh, why don't you wear makeup? Or oh, why don't you wear clothes? But like, <laughs> oh. that doesn't define me, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. I'm like, I'm gay, but it doesn't mean I have to wear makeup or wear girl clothes. Like, no, that doesn't define me. Right. Okay. So that's why I've always kind of been doubted. Like, oh, are you really gay? Uh, I am, okay. but just, just I don't wear makeup. Like, oh, okay. You know, they yeah. they think that me not wearing makeup or bringing girl clothes or whatever you want to call it, I'm not, gay. I'm not gay. Right. But okay. Like it's not. Have you met other individuals similar to yourself that think similarly? I have. Okay. Several. What? Like, how do you feel about them, or when you meet them, or interact with them? I mean. I mean, I don't know, like, <laughs> sorry, I guess I mean, maybe if I could, yeah. if I could sort of with the same kind of question, right? Do you, do you prefer then? Do you seek out folks who I don't seek out anyone? I mean, what I mean to say is not, not like, uh, seek out a particular group of folks, but when you're making friends, right. Mm-hmm. And when you're open to, to new friendships, do you find yourself gravitating towards people who don't, you know, highlight who they are yeah who who mm-hmm. are not like oh hey i'm super flamboyant or whatever exactly else. yeah do you find yourself gravitating to people who are more like you more like sense? who the def- yeah oh, okay. i do and, and yeah. where do you end up then i mean i'm open to friendships like don't get me wrong but i mean i'm not gonna define myself right. as anything right hmm. how is it like so you say you try not to define it your sexuality does not define you right mm-hmm. so how did you interact with people when you're um, younger when you were dating how did that how did that come into like influence your your dating choices oh, I can't even put that in a good question I know you, you mean did. but it, good, it, 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 it I mean it, it did it, it, it I don't know how to refresh it myself but I know what you mean like I don't know it's just caught myself getting I don't know I don't know how to say it I know what you mean though where do you where do you go where do you go to uh you know, everybody has their spot. Like, if they if they're gonna go somewhere to try to intentionally meet somebody, right? Like, yeah. where where would you say, you where would you be the most open to meeting someone at, or or where would you think would be the most sort of probable spot where you would meet somebody at? If I think interested? there's a spot or place to meet someone. If it happens, it happens. Like, oh, yeah, okay, but is that is that space at the grocery store, or you know, for some people who are religious, they say, hey, you know what, the I'm most likely gonna meet someone at church. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some douchebag who's out looking for, you know, drunk women is going to say, hey, I'm going to the bar tonight. Exactly, I'm going to yeah. score. Right. But mm-hmm. but that's their sort of way of trying to look for something out. Yeah. Finding possible intimate relationships. Right. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you think are there places for you that you might be more likely to meet someone or not? 
The library. The library. <laughs> Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Target. Target. Oh, you think so? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that why you're always on your Target app? <laughs> no, so it I mean, could be in the shampoo aisle or something. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like you, six so, in one. So it's one of those things where you just if if you're somewhere and you meet someone, then that's. That's yeah. the way it is. I think that's probably how it is for reality. That's probably how it is for most people. But for some reason, we all put on this, uh, you know, there seems to be these rituals right around, like, oh, tonight I'm looking mm-hmm. for for love, right? And so mm-hmm. you say, on Friday night, got to put on the right shirt, got my new shoes. My or, lucky underwear. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever <laughs> your ritual is, right? And then you go yeah. out and most of us strike out, right? Because we're yes. looking too hard you know what i mean too much mm-hmm. high expectations yeah. Exactly, yeah yeah like you go to a nightclub man it's a it's it's a madhouse right you got a bunch of people that are all there because they want to meet people but at the same time it's so forced <laughs> that nobody is in a position to meet anybody because you talk to somebody and it gets all super super awkward you know like mm-hmm. yeah you see a bunch of guys sending you it's the wall yeah. Right? yeah just staring just staring right right yeah has and, ever happened to you when you go to like gay clubs or when you used to go what how would you interact in the in the gay club then? I mean, they would like I don't know, like get a drink or go up to you and be like, "Oh, do you want to dance?" I mean, there's ways of mm. going up to someone, interacting with them. Right. Mm. Well, so, but but maybe we're asking the wrong question again, right? Yeah. Because if you're not if you're not going out intentionally seeking, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the th- same thing that we had talked about before, Alejandro, mm-hmm. was that. Um, Maybe these spaces, depending upon who you are, are always, mm-hmm. right, um, uh, uh, a certain space. So what I was wondering is maybe if you go to a nightclub, maybe the nightclub, if you're if you're queer, becomes a queer nightclub because that's the space you're you're mm-hmm. creating, yeah. right, and looking for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so maybe going to somewhere that is sort of you know produced or created as a quote-unquote gay club becomes this weird kind of place to be because mm-hmm. it's too too queer it's too it's, queer. it's hyper right it's too <laughs> in your face kind of thing you know yeah and i think maybe that's what's going on with nightclubs in general you go to a nightclub and it's just too much about just so much going on at the same time you yeah. know yeah all the music all the alcohol music right? alcohol all the fight there's always fight at clubs <laughs> is there <laughs> what clubs you go to? <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? So a lot of people, you know, in order to to feel that or be that, they need to go to some of these spaces that are set up for, you know, like you say, oh, I want to go to a nightclub with this particular group of people, or a nightclub that caters to this group of people. I want to go to, you know, in, in any kind of identity sense. Oh, I only go to punk bars, or I only go to country bars, or I only, go, you know what I mean? Those yeah, that's defining themselves. Right. Yeah. And so if that's not, mm-hmm. if you're not about that, then going to no. I mean, I'm open to everything. Right. Like I said, straight, gay, punk, country, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, I don't feel the need that I have to go to a particular kind of gay club. punk bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm asking for a friend, so where can I find one? <laughs> <laughs> Not for you, huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe the question we should have started off with, and then we could have figured, you know, we could have avoided a mm-hmm. twenty-eight minutes and fifteen seconds of, of like, uh, you know, sort of shots in the dark. Is like, how, how would you define being queer? What does it mean to you to be queer? Like, you know, because you you came out, but as the process of coming out to yourself and then to someone else, you must have had to 
sort of define what that meant and then what your terms were going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Could you? Could I feel you... like everyone has their own terms. Yeah. To being queer. Okay. So it shouldn't be like something to be open. I mean, you can be open about it and show your colors, whatever you want to call it, but I feel like everyone defines themselves in their own ways, you know? Yeah. So, so how would you define that? That's a tough one. I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't, I don't know how to define myself. No. Hmm. Can you say, if I asked you, what is it that makes you, um, queer or, or gay? If, if either one of those terms applies, me being attracted to men. That's what that's what that's what does it. Yeah, being attracted. Yeah. Okay. Sexually or emotionally or both. Both. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And so beyond that, then there's nothing else about that that is. You that, mean like events and social things? No, I mean, like I mean, in general. I mean, is there and nothing else that you would say that sort of defines that adds to that? that is related to that or is that a part that's a part of that i feel like it's part of it yeah yeah do mm-hmm. are there other parts that that go hand in hand with that no no see that that's interesting too right because in 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 our current world we're always trying to organize these sort of uh broader cultural attachments right and and i mean it's obvious to see it in marketing for example you know the the corporations market products to queer folks, right? Mm-hmm. Because supposedly queer queer folks like different things. Mm-hmm. They do different activities. They they feel different than someone else who's not queer. So now there's this queer culture supposedly, right? That ar- that arises out of these kinds of things. And it, and it's not just queerness. There must be a whole group of people then mm-hmm. that are sort of being missed, right? By our weird need to set up these cultural boundaries and divisions. You know, it's like I remember back in the day as as a young black kid, you know, it was like black kids didn't skateboard. Right. Mm -hmm. Or for some reason, if 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 music had like heavy guitar, it was it was music for white folks. And then and then young kids would be like, black, we don't listen to that kind of music. You know, that's rock music. That's white people music. Right. Mm -hmm. That's oh, you must think you're a white kid or something because you listen to alternative, you know, rock music. Right. Yeah. But it, 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 even though we try to set our world up that way so we can easily identify others that, that might, you know, identify in the same way, we're probably missing a whole, whole group mm-hmm. of people, right, that don't fall into those, that, that not only don't fall into those categories, but explicitly avoid those kinds of things, right? Yeah. I mean, I know a few friends. Yeah. Same way. Like well, you would never think like, oh, he's gay. No, you know, uh-huh. ready to themselves. They're not out there flamboyant, go and show it. I'm going to go to Pride and go to this. No. Right. Hmm. So that's not what they need for for themselves. Mm-mm. Yeah. Do you feel, do you say, I know you mentioned that you feel physically and emotionally attracted to men, right? So have you ever thought of, about marriage, about same-sex marriage, yeah. Have you ever thought of, um, um, so getting married eventually? Yeah, I have. Was I, it? Are they the same thoughts that you had <laughs> as a teenager? No, was a teenager. Marriage was illegal yet, but once it came legal, like my, how say it, 
my thoughts started changing about it. Hmm. So I thought about it. You hadn't thought about it before that? No. Oh, okay. So now I'm not not opposed to it. Right. But it wasn't something like you were like, I I can't wait till the day when... No, no. Not even like that. (laughs) It's on the calendar. (laughs) It's on the calendar. No, it's not even like that. No. No, it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, things change. Oh, yeah. That's that's the important part, I think, about us doing this this show. And And I know other people are doing other podcasts or whatever else, but I think... It's it's really cool to know that the world that we live in, um, a lot, oftentimes we get it backwards. We think, hey, there's this whole population of people out there that can't be can't wait to be married, and as soon as we make a law, we're gonna get all of those folks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're finally gonna feel like, like the world is now made for them, right? But ultimately, I think you know there's a huge majority of folks that that's not what they're looking for in the first place and trying to then create an avenue for them to be quote unquote regular average or you know mainstream is is yeah really not anything folks are interested in in the first place no what do you what do you think then about those so those same spaces that you seem to avoid maybe and not even not seek not out. avoid i mean i don't seek out right at le- okay so yeah. at least you don't seek out i mean i don't seek spaces. them out or avoid them either. Right. Mm. If an opportunity comes and it's there, why not? They just don't define you. Yeah. It just doesn't define you. But but what do you think then about some folks who their personalities are such that they need those spaces in order to then... To be defined as themselves? To, to, to make, to step into that space. Like without those spaces, they wouldn't be able to come to out. To feel like they don't belong. Yeah. I mean, that's on them. Like if that makes them happy and that defines them, then... Go right ahead. Do you think those spaces are, are good for that? or I mean, I mean, spaces are good for any kind of people. Like, if a space is good for you to keep living and keep feeling special, yeah. then go right ahead. So, do be what you, so be it. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then, I guess you get into this situation where people think, hey, you know what? I've made a space for you, <laughs> and now I need you to utilize that space, right? Like... That's how the activists seem to work that way, right? They mm-hmm. say, "Hey, let's get you in this space because it's gonna free you and make you, you know, your true, a truer version of yourself." Right? Mm-hmm. We may think it's positive, right, for sexuality or queer folks, but what if we apply it in a different way, like race? What if we say this space is for only brown folks, or this is only for black folks, right? And this is where you're safe, and this is where you're safe, right? And doesn't let us to go step outside, right? So. It seems kind of, it's really interesting, right, that we see it's, it's really positive for mm-hmm. queer folks to have their own space, their own cultural, like, um, spaces of being, right? So, like, gay clubs or West Hollywood, spaces like that, right? That's, that's allowed, right? Mm-hmm. But we never question the ghetto or anything like that, right? right. Or suburbia, white suburbia, right? Yeah. So that's where spaces were, like, different ways of thinking probably apply good in one way, but differently in another so you know i can imagine folks who feel at home in queer spaces yeah they feel need they feel the need to be there right because they think they belong there constantly there but when they get outside of those spaces they don't feel like they don't belong they don't belong and that's the danger with with creating Mm -hmm. those spaces right so then people feel like they're at home in those spaces Mm -hmm. it should even be like that nothing should find you right so seeking those spaces out then oftentimes is like Limiting yourself from from these other spaces. It's it's keeping you in your comfort zone. It's harder to get out of your comfort zone. Right. 
and experience other things. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been talking to a lot of different folks that have a lot of different experiences, but this is the first time that sort of we've talked to folks or talked to someone who is sort of, you know, not 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 anti, but doesn't rely on those spaces exactly. in the same way for yeah. their own. I mean, I don't rely on them. Yeah, I don't feel the need to go look for it to be, belong somewhere. Right, mm. shouldn't define you. So, so what do you think about then? You you had mentioned folks said, oh well, if you don't wear makeup or you don't wear girl clothes, right? that's I mean that's just a mentality. Yeah, they think that every queer person has to have those traits. Yeah, when it shouldn't even be that way. Right, mm. and so it's kind of refreshing then to hear to get a narrative uh, that's not about sort of these normal these normalizing spaces. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this the 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 queer spaces that then allow someone to be their truer self. Well, <laughs> thanks for for coming out and, and, and sharing a, a part of the experience with us. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. All right. That was a that was a really good piece we just had right now. Yeah, it was uh, it's, it's different than than. Uh, I mean, all of them are kind of different, but this one was, this one was sort of different from the rest as a as a group, right? Yeah. What really, do you think? Well, go ahead. It really separated itself in thinking of what queerness could be or it or is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or 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 what it is to 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 a to an individual, right? To a mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Some of the I mean, what were some of the things worth sort of thinking through, at, at least from, from from your perspective? Well, the thing that stood out the most was their not so heavy reliance on queer spaces, queered spaces. Right. So like, such as a stereotypical gay club or um, what's another thing, right? The queer identity. Right. He really, really set up, like stood out from it, but yet it's part of it. It's really interesting. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of sort of cool to think about the you know for 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 him it was more about you know what he said coming out to himself mm-hmm. you know it wasn't it wasn't uh, that was the most important thing you know not coming out to others or not being not being recognized by others even though even though there were a lot of folks that were trying to get him yes. to come out and be recognizable right he was he wasn't so worried about that he was more interested in in taking his time you know yeah yeah he must have been that must have been a big, really big move as a young adult right there as a teenager to be just hiding it like thinking through all these processes right while his um other classmates or um friends are talking about their sexuality and he's not partaking in that yeah but i guess that's the thing right so like like we we think about it as hiding you know uh-huh. but maybe i don't know that's what mm-hmm. we we're trying to get at maybe Maybe you know. So so what what he said was uh, I had to figure it out on my own, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe so it's not necessarily about hiding, but just you know making sure that it it, it feels right. Oh yes. yes, and and because I guess hiding, you know, is it you know is if he was he wasn't doing a good job because mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were waiting for him because yeah, they were waiting for him right so they you know he, he but still trying to figure it out and uh, and making it feel right and i and i think i what i one of the things i thought was really was really important was this idea of of taking action mm-hmm. right and so while others were trying to take action for him and others were trying to sort of you know to use one of your sort of terms drag him out right mm-hmm. that's that's not it was about 
It was about him taking action. Yes. You know, and 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 that's the part that was about you know, yeah. sort of on his own terms, right? Yeah, but it was really interesting that the first action that he described it was go to a gay club. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so right. So he's right. like, yeah. yeah, he he realizes that this is a space, right? That that allows him to take that first step, right? And maybe after all this pondering and internalizing, right? He if it manifested in yeah. this queer space. Yeah. And I guess that's then that's then something to, you know, I guess to figure out or or to, you know, how so so how much, what role does, the space play? And I know we had that you know a long conversation on a, on the spaces not defining and, and those kinds of things. But I think then in that way it's it's kind of ironic, right? That, that mm-hmm. it still was that space that, that allowed for the, the actual, mm-hmm. you know, action of coming out to, yeah, to happen, you know. That was a really good um, insight that he provided that really diverged from a lot of queer folks. Um, we hear that a lot, that they internalize their feelings first and then take action. Right. And uh, I feel like that's a recurring theme that's, that's a constantly coming up through this through this work. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about the whole sort of aesthetic of queerness? You know, when, when he's talking about... Uh, folks saying well if you're queer why don't you wear makeup or mm. you know <laughs> right taking into account his um his his background in northern mexico right right seems right. like that's a, a stereotype stereotype that that there is yeah of the of the queer person that's like phys- like aesthetically different or def- does not go use the gender conventions right, right. gender expressions so they use alternate forms or the contrasting one right. instead to yeah. define queerness. Yeah, maybe that's part of the maybe that's part of the taking action part, right? Because it's those conventions that sort of frame how we can take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was it was interesting that that uh, sort of trying to figure out a, a particular aesthetic or a particular sense of of queerness that works, mm-hmm. you know, for. An individual, and then thinking, okay, now how then do you do you build an identity either around that or in resistance to that or in relation to that? You know. Yeah. See, like they resisted the the makeup uh, convention. Right. Right. They found other forms. Right. But that's then mm-hmm. sort of the process of invention, because mm-hmm. if you resist the makeup convention, right, then how is it? Then then what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the part that was about, you know, maybe that's what then he means about taking action, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unconditional Love. Um, Till next time. Well, that's our show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll come back for our next episode. In the meantime, for more narratives, please visit culturalmediaarchive.org and click on Archive tab. Feel free to send us an email with any comments, complaints, or suggestions. You can reach me at frankieyounger at gmail.com. And you can reach me at anthonyj at ucr.edu. Take care.
Cultural Media Archive.